Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. And I'm your host, Michael Fordham. Look, if you just click the link on my webpage or you're listening on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. So give us a call. The number is 347-326-9470. Or if you like, you can tweet me your questions and comments at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're listening to Turn It Up, a brand new show featured on A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. Turn It Up is all about independent recording artists of all kinds, R&B, rap, jazz, soul, gospel, even country. But the primary reason for Turn It Up is to feature and help independent artists that take it to the next level by showcasing new music, sharing studio recording tips and tricks to help your tracks stand out like the pros, and industry information to help you choose the right path and keep you in the game. Every week we bring you new artists, industry insiders, and fresh new tracks that you won't be able to hear anywhere else. The truth is, if you're an independent artist trying to make it in the music biz, you need all the help you can get. So let's stop playing. Get your demos together and get ready to turn it up. If you just click the link on my webpage or you're listening on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. 
So give us a call. Here's the number, 347-326-9470. Or if you like, you can Twitter me your questions and comments at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio, and you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. Welcome back, Truth Seekers. You're listening to Turn It Up on blogtalkradio.com, and we're back. Leo, what's happening, man? What's going on, Mike? What's going on to the world? Oh, man, I'm happy to be back. We haven't done that many shows this year. This may be the first or the second. I can't even remember. Who's counting? But tell us, man, <laughs> what have you been up to? Oh, man, any and everything, man. Um been doing a, lot, a little bit more uh, recording. Uh, I actually... Had the opportunity to uh, to be in uh, HBO special called Veep with Julian Dreyfus. Um, yeah. That was that was a blessing. I had an opportunity to uh, work with her for a couple of days up in Maryland. Uh, yeah, and I even saw you took a picture with her on Facebook, man. You posted it up. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, she was very very cool people, very good people. And uh, yeah, I had a ball, so I'm, I'm definitely gonna try to do do a little more venturing into the the acting arena. Yeah, you know, yeah. But, yeah, so, that, so what you been up to, Mike? Who man, I, I've been, you know, I've been working with social digital media, man, trying to get this thing going, and it's going. <laughs> so, you know, been been uh, out and about. Um, I, I spoke at uh, UDC last week and plan on doing some more speaking engagements, um, getting young people involved, and just uh, we got a new intern now, Dante Holton. And as a matter of fact, the segment okay. we got coming up, he produced it. So, you know, I mean, I'm I'm out there willing, ready and willing to give young people a chance. And if you can step up, man, this is the place to be. So I'm just putting that out there and let you guys know. Um, it, it is time for you to shine, and this is the place, the platform, and the format where you can do your best and show the world what you can do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and the show we got coming up, too, um, we're talking about the evolution of the DJ. I mean, a lot of people know about the DJ, the guy at the club, but the DJ used to be the guy who was in the community as well. He was on your radio. He was talking about the things that were important to the community. He was sort of the pulse of the community and kept you informed and kept your direction centered, too, on the things that were important and how they would affect you. And, um, you know, it, it's just different now that um, the new age DJ has become something different. So I have a friend of mine, DJ Harv, uh, Harvey Nunez, who's been a DJ for a number of years, very popular guy who's, uh, you know, DJed for parties for um, basketball players all the way to, you know, you know, just about anybody. But he he's the kind of guy who gets the party going, but also understands his role fully as a DJ because he, he came up um, he's been doing this for quite some time now. So um, okay. that's what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and, um, you know, listen to the man on the street. We actually went out to uh, DJ Harv, met him at his house, and uh, he was also there with a young protege, a young man that he's been working with and mentoring as well. So, you know, and that's another 
um, aspect of, um, you know, the DJs reaching out to the community. And I just want to just preface that by saying that this is a real dude out there doing real work and, and really loving music and the people he impacts. Nice. All right. DJ so here Hall. it is. What was that? No, I was saying DJ Hawk. Yeah, here he is. Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're on with another edition of Turn It Up on blogtalkradio.com, our man on the street. And we're here uh, in Washington, D.C., and we're talking with Harvey Nunez, um, a local DJ with a long history of uh, music and as well as production. And uh, we just want to talk with him a little bit and welcome him back to uh, A Measure of Truth and Turn It Up on blogtalkradio.com. Harvey, welcome back. I appreciate being here. Yeah, and uh, we're here in D.C. and um, we're here with one of your um, young proteges here, and we want to talk with you too about um, your history as a DJ and about DJ uh, impacts on the community and just about the whole mindset of the person that loves music so much he wants to share. But right now we want to talk with one of the guys you've been working with musically, um, and uh, go ahead and tell us a little bit about him and how you guys met. Well, this gentleman sitting here, uh, we call him the ODO. (laughs) (laughs) What's good, y'all? And ODO is in the house. He's one of my um, artists and people that I've been working with um, over the past few years. I met him a while back ago, and I saw he had a certain work ethic and a certain passion for the music. Hmm. So we started um, working on some projects and working on some video things, but I'll let O explain it. Mr. ODO? Oh <laughs> uh, man, what's good, y'all out there in that world? How y'all feeling? Um, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about you know how long you've been in the music game and how things have changed for you now, uh, as opposed to the way they were when you first started. Well, I started in a, in in music. I actually laying something down on wax in 1993. Um, I, I worked my way up. I, I got with a company called World Aside of World Records in about 1999, Uptown D.C., that's Northwest. And um, from what I saw as far as this entertainment game is from back then and today, uh, I, I like to say, being as I'm older now, that they took a lot of the condensed stuff, the reality is what I call it, within rap, and just you can talk about anything today and, and be that style. There's no more presence you know, a uh, 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 strength presence. It's all turn up, turn up. And the minute you mention something that's a positive move, even though you might still be talking about turn up, they'll push you back and just put the turn up, turn up. And that bothers me, not alone me, but a lot of many other artists. Um, and that's why I, I vow to stay rapping and doing what I do entrepreneurially because some of the people who I admire coming up watching Rap City or listening to hip hop or, or or other things such as that nature, it seemed to me like they gave up, you know. Uh, where where my my iconic heroes that I looked at coming from, I'm like they sitting down, they're behind the scenes, but that's their choice. But to some people who really thought that rap was gonna be over the top for the rest of their life, you know, it was a damaging thing. So I began to uh, just study books, read. I had to sit down for a few years in jail, about four and a half years, and I processed my mind. On, on business, and I came home and became a soul proprietor, man, and that's thing, you know, I ended up with five, six mixtapes, I had an artist, uh, contract ran out, uh, <laughs> and um, 
I was got on a barcoded album, and I'm here. Shot videos with Harvey Haas Nunez. I like to say Nunez. <laughs> and, um, you know, everything's been on the uplift from here because if I stop, then I feel that, man, a lot of people, I, I, I will hurt their minds if I stop our story, you know? Then tell us a little bit about, you, you said you're a sole proprietor, you, you're in control of your own business. Um, you, you found that that was something important for you to be able to um, take control of your own future and be able to make it on your own. Uh, tell us how that impacted you being a sole proprietor, um, being able to do the business for yourself without having to get permission from somebody else. I felt strong, you know. I felt like I was, I like to say, when I talk to ladies, I tell them, you're dealing with a man. When they say man, I say, nah, man. <laughs> Emphasize the A. The A is capitalized in the middle. You're dealing with a man. And that's how I felt, you know, when I became that sober pride. I walked out that door with that tax ID number and stuff. I was like, I did it. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? But, mm -hmm. of course, I had a question, where do I go from here? Mm -hmm. So, you know, the avenues and things that I, I, I took to start building projects for myself, I just had a man stay on that path. You know, everybody wants ten, twenty, fifteen dollars. Make sure I have ten, twenty, fifteen dollars and make sure I keep dropping product. Mm. And I found myself not having to deal with what I would call idioticies coming from other people or problems that when I'm ready to move forward I gotta wait two or three days and I just taking my own path and not trying to do too much. I knew what avenue I could handle. I can handle making music, then I'm gonna make music. You know, uh, uh, some people say, well, I don't have no money. I don't have any money. I have to go to work to do this. I was one that was saying, nah, if I think if I put this on a CD, that I could sell it for $2 and then have money, two, five, ten dollars and have money. Then I started finding myself at clubs. People twisted. That's a drug. Want to buy it for $20. Right. So everything went back into, you know, into me self-proprietor. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So proprietor and just... I saw where I wanted to go. Like I said, mm -hmm. if I wanted to have a hundred dollar week, I had a hundred dollar week. If I want to have a hundred thousand dollar summer, I'm gonna have a hundred thousand dollar summer. Mm -hmm. It's how I want to do it. When I want it, just felt good about being my own person. Right, you know, because right. coming from the streets of Washington D.C. back in the day, this place was filled with just total drugs. It's just gone. It's just like a party land, you know. Mm -hmm. And I took that aspect and and changed it into the music aspect and grind it in the same way, right. you know. There you go. Yeah, it's like knowledge is the new blank, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and it's something that, you know, you know <laughs> no one can steal it from you. You can't lose it. Um, the wisdom that you've attained from, you know, running your own business as well as what you've learned about taking control of your business has put you in a situation where, um you're not left out in the cold to fail like some people would if all the folks that are making money off of them would walk away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's, that's the beauty of it because that's who I rival against. I rival against those with money. You mm -hmm. know, when I step through the door and I talk to a person, I have them under the spell mm -hmm. trying to get them to come on my end, not for contract purposes, but just so we can build something to 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 show what we have. And I add another name to my list, and they share my name with those guys with that big money. They say, hey, you need to come mess with us and leave him alone. Mm -hmm. And therefore, in something that could be very beautiful, that person goes. And then sometimes I find out that those people who might accept that money talk end up coming back to the little old guys in order to get that help because they were sold a dream. 
Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Instead of working on a dream, they were sold a dream and they mm-hmm. went for what they heard instead of what they was working on. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. So I believe that good, strong work efforts and knowing that this game is patience. I think a lot of artists, they think because Soldier Boy or a couple other fellas went, they just got money out of nowhere off iTunes and this and that. They see that, but they don't understand the business aspects it takes to get there mm-hmm. or how to do that. And, you know, everything's about, if I say, if you talk about money and somebody says $10,000, hey, $10,000, blah, 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 it's not about that. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It's about you reading, learning, researching the things most won't take the time to do. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you got to implement that after you read it because not only do you read it, but you have to walk it. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. what I experienced. I walked it, and mm-hmm. then for a second I stopped. When I stopped, I knew I stopped. I felt it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It made me want to get back on the bandwagon. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, people just got to stay more attuned with themselves these days to me in this entertainment industry. I actually know that I can place my music here. I can place my videos here. I can get this. And be be comfortable with saying, all right, I might only get $5 a spin or somebody might only pay a dollar for this. But, hey, these dollars are going to add up mm-hmm. if I keep going and don't touch. You know what I'm saying? Right. And who knows? If a bum on the street can get a million in less than a year from asking a million people for a dollar, I'm quite <laughs> sure you can sell CDs like that. Oh, not CDs, but singles or whole albums, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Harvey, I can see what you saw in this young man and his drive and his um, passion for what he does. Um, tell us a little bit about when you guys first met and um, how did you guys end up getting together and you know, this mentor-apprentice partnership or whatever you want to call it <laughs> come into play. Yeah, um, O was one of the kids that was, I would see him standing out on the block sometime, mm-hmm. and but he always had a positive word to say every time I walked by. Um, so one day he kind of pulled me to the side and said, you know, um, when you get some time, I'd like to show you some of my work. And I'm not rushing you or anything, but I just wanted to put that in your ear. Mm-hmm. And then like three or four months later, he rings my doorbell again, and he has this book of artwork mm. and it's of his drawings. And I was like, oh, so you draw and you do artwork too? He said, yeah, you know, this is going to be based on this book I want to come out with, mm. but I want I wanted to start here. Right. And um, that's where I actually met him. You know, like, you know, that's where, like, the business process started because I saw something in him, I should mm. say, and that he took what he was doing seriously. And the next, and and then months later, the next time I saw him, he was at a car wash working there, and selling mixtapes too. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was getting my car wash, and um, he said, "Would you like to buy one of my mixtapes?" I said, "Sure." Gave him the cash right there, popped it in the car, listened to his tracks, and you know I listen to a lot of music because I've been yeah, DJing yeah, for a long time. Yeah. And I got in the car. And it's a good time to listen to new stuff when you're just in traffic or driving Mm -hmm. home. And I went from track to track to track, and I said, okay, I see where this brother's coming from. Mm -hmm. I said, some of the lyrics are a little hard, but you've got (laughs) some good music here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and I said, now how do I approach him and say, you know what, I want to get you airplay, Mm -hmm. but your lyrics are a little hard Mm -hmm. for me to go up and push it on to the people that I need to push it on to. And he took that. Mm. And he got it. He was like, you know what? I hear you. Because mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of rappers would be like, man, this is just me. You know, this is, right, this, right. This is how I do. <laughs> yeah. But he wasn't like that. He was uh-huh. just like, you know what? I hear you. 
and let me work on my next mixtape and see what we can change. Mm-hmm. I have about four of his mixtapes right now, mm-hmm. and each one that he's given me, it, I felt progress. Right, I right. saw progression, mm-hmm. tape after tape after tape, mm-hmm. and then until now, mm-hmm. he's given me this last one, and we just shot a part of his video on over this past weekend, and it sounds like a strong album. Oh, awesome. The first track he gave me, I was like, let's do this. Mm-hmm. It was bouncing. It was fun. Mm-hmm. It felt good. Had a good hook on it. I said, oh, this brother's been listening. Oh. I've been, you know, I've been trying to give him a little, you know, kibbles mm-hmm. and bits, kibbles <laughs> and bits. But sometimes that's what it takes. Right. And he got it. Yeah. And he didn't hit me with all the hardcore lyrics. He gave me some, you know, the... The, the essence of the street, mm-hmm. but every other word didn't have to just, yeah. you know, hit me in the head. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, that, that, that right there was a challenge in itself because mm-hmm. a lot of D.C. artists, mm-hmm. I meet more kids today that they don't rap like how we rap. I came up in that era where it was just Spice Ones, N.W.A. and blah, 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 what have you, those type of fellas. So that was heavily in my mind. Mm-hmm. It took me from being a teenager to... 37 <laughs> 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 to probably figure out how to mix mix down. I was mm-hmm. dealing with people that were professional um, and they always would tell me, man, you got great music, but I can't play it for my mama. Or I can't play it here and there. And that in itself used to be a bother to me because those gentlemen, they tell me that when they get in their car, they playing the next hype rapper doing everything they told me not to do. Mm-hmm. And they playing around who they said they couldn't play it in front of. So I really had to get into my science and figure out how can I relay my style and 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 let the and the mass be able to hear it at the same time mm-hmm. because my music was never directed towards children. My music is always directed towards eighteen and up. I mean, mm-hmm. I love to be when I was fifteen. I want to be eighteen. Eighteen, I want to be twenty-one. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to show the people what I had, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, once I found that chemistry. I had to call Holly. <laughs> I had to because it was like I was so excited. Like he shot, he shot. I had history, and, and people got to understand when they in a sole proprietorship or whatever got their own business and they trying to lead their own way. They have to learn how to accommodate accommodate people, you know, with, mm-hmm. with, with what they like as well as what you like. Right. And man, it's not easy. I honestly can say it took me over twenty years mm-hmm. to master. That mm-hmm. even though my lyrics was hype, I have people today that still mm-hmm. rap songs that I got ten years ago. But it's nothing like today when I can say a whole rap and know that I don't, I don't have to leave the room <laughs> or stop rapping because the old people just came exactly. in. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. It's it, it, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's really all about communication, and you can communicate that same amp attitude without using some of the words. But the thing is, is you have to broaden your audience. You mm-hmm. have to be able to make sure that you're Music can go anywhere, and if you do that, then that that is a broad base there where you can sell more music. I mean, everything that's pop out there on the radio has a certain um, level of um, communication, but it also is clean to the point where everyone could be excited about that music and excited about their kids hearing it and about anybody else. So, you know, sometimes the music and the message itself is not for everybody, and that's understandable as mm-hmm. well. But even as, uh, you know, someone who has a radio show that wants to feature young artists, I have to go through editing and flipping and reversing uh, a lot of <laughs> things myself just to be able to play it. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. you, you got to understand, too, everybody has a brand. 
Mm-hmm. And if your brand steps on their brand, then, you know, there can't be a partnership. Yeah, and, and that's mm-hmm. exactly what it is. Brand is what I'm working on building. Of course, mm-hmm. anytime you've got a business, it's brand, but mm-hmm. people don't understand the word brand. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm here right before you right now, even though I'm talking intellectual and strong, when you hear my music, you're mm-hmm. going to hear what I'm talking right here. You mm-hmm. might say, oh, is that that brother right there? But <laughs> you're going to say, I hear that strength. Right. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people within this city of Washington, D.C. don't understand how to go from being that artist to being, what am I, the interviewee? Mm-hmm. Or or how to act when they're around 30 people and 30 people are treating them like they're a star. You know what I'm saying? That right. you can overkill it by acting like you're the biggest star in the world. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, some have a problem with just knowing that, hey, just be yourself, be calm, be cool. And that'll get you more than anything. You know, they're mm-hmm. so used to seeing what other folks do that they they don't understand how to build their own brand. Right. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. that's very heavy in the in the same way. Not just in the in D C area, that's all over. Mm-hmm. You know? From what I that's what I my analysis of it. Right, you know? right. And I know that when you gotta go, man, just let me know. I don't wanna hold you up and put you in a situation because I think we got the first one too, but you know, this is good stuff. Yeah, I mean, you can chop it up. Whatever yeah, you yeah, but I, I just wanna make sure that, you know, you, you know, you don't feel like I'm holding you here. I don't want you to Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it is about time. <laughs> I think it is about time oh, for sure. Well, look, well, look. Um, go ahead and give them your website again. Um, and you, you had mentioned some stuff before about where people can uh, yeah. hear your music and all right, that. Right now, like I said, I'm a sole proprietor, so <laughs> I like to minimize right now until I get to the big segments. The big segments, things like websites and all of that will be created after we finish putting these dynamic pieces together like I just created with Harvey Nunez. That's Harvey Hobbs. <laughs> Brand new media. Um, you can check me out on one DC official N I C C A. And you gotta spell all that out. One the number DC official N I C C A. And uh, if you like to check out some of my artwork that I I have a habit of making every morning, <laughs> um, you can check me out on Instagram Kabukio. That's K A B O O K I O. I can do it all on those pictures, y'all. So well, just give me a holler, man. I'm always around town. I'm a city dude, you know, ODO. <laughs> all right, ODO. Good meeting you, man. And, you know, we'll hear from you again soon. Harvey, I want you to just tell people, because most folks think of a DJ. They even think of, because there's no real disc jockeys anymore, really. Um, there are some guys who are, are DJs, but um, the only real DJ I can think of is a guy who spins wax. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, with CDs and things like that, you've got programs that would do the scratch mix for you. All you have to do is line that up, tell, you you know, put the beats per minute in, and it will do the wiki wiki for you, you know. And then next thing you know, <laughs> you know, you know, this guy's calling himself a DJ, but it really doesn't have the skills and doesn't really have the music knowledge. So th- that's where I really wanted to get at. Um, mm-hmm. The DJ has always been... He was the first, you know, he was the first A&R guy, really, mm-hmm. you know. And um, you had such a long history of being a DJ. Just tell us about how you started and try to bring us up to um, how things used to be, and then we can go into how they are today. Okay. Started, started, for me, would have to go back to when my parents would take me to 
their friends' house parties. Mm-hmm. My family is from Jamaica, West Indies. Oh, okay. And I guess when a lot of Jamaican families came to this country, they wanted to get together on the weekends. Mm-hmm. So my parents had friends, and they called their friends, and they'd have house parties. And we're talking the adults would be, like, upstairs, downstairs, and the music would always be in the basement. Mm-hmm. So back in the day, they had the stacker where you would put the yellow disc in the center right. of the 45, <laughs> and you would stack the records up. Yeah. And they would drop one by one. Mm-hmm. My parents would let me actually touch the records, mm-hmm. stack them, and mm-hmm. I would pick the selection of what songs we're gonna cut. We're gonna drop down. Yeah. And this is when I, I might have been eight or nine years old. Yeah. But I was exposed to the music because my family always had music around them all the time. So I knew a lot of the music, and I would stack it a certain way, and they would drop a certain way. And the people would just be down there dancing. The kitchen had the food smelling good with the curry chicken, the rice on bees. Ah, <laughs> taking me to it right now. My bad. <laughs> but that is how I got my first exposure to music. And then as I got older, I came up in that New Jersey area. Mm. And my brother, he would buy certain items, and one of the items he brought home one day was a reel-to-reel. The next month he worked, he he brought home a mixer. And then he had a turntable. But he would never really use it. It would just be sitting there. And so when I come home from school, I'd be like, you know, I'd tinker with it a little bit, had a reel-to-reel going, plug it up to the mixer, then I'd have the turntable going. And next thing you know, I was mixing from reel-to-reel to one turntable. So I was like, okay, you know, and I had friends that moved in from across the street. They were from the Bronx. Mm-hmm. So they would bring over these mixtapes from the Cold Crush on cassette. And we would sit out on my front porch and listen to hip-hop directly from New York. I was just being exposed to it. So now by this time, you know, the whole music game started to change and rap became a little more popular. Mm -hmm. So I went from having the one turntable and the one reel-to-reel to now purchasing two turntables. And I would spend so much time up up in my attic practicing, Mm. just practicing, practicing. And um, there was a party in my neighborhood, and they were like, well, we need some music. And that's where I brought my first setup. I had another uh, friend that had some turntables, and I would work with him, and I practiced doing house parties. Then I would, then all of a sudden this big hit called Rapid Delight came out. Right. And being in Jersey and getting Rapid Delight first, that Sugar Hill record label, wow, I can see it in my wow. head right now, the yeah. candy cane. Yeah. We were the first to really party to that because it came out of Jersey. Mm. And when Rapper's Delight hit, it just began this whole phenomenon mm-hmm. of let's take music to another level. Mm-hmm. And so the DJing thing transformed to let's extend the record. And that's what we were doing on the breaks. Right. We would just take that break part and bring it right back because it was so hot, like Vaughn Mason, Bounce Rock Skate Roll, that middle part. Yeah. Come on, go on, and get down, dum, 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 get down, and you would just bring it back, get, get, and the people, oh, you know, because people weren't used to seeing records mixed like that. Right, right. So doing the house parties, and I got one, it was one night, 
it was a party at the YMCA. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys in the neighborhood was DJing, and he said, why don't you get on? Why don't you get on the turntables for a little bit? And I'm this young little kid, you know, I'm like not even in high school yet. And they put me on the turntables mm-hmm. in the gym that was packed with, I mean, I don't know how many people, thousands some odd people up in this gym packed on a Friday night. And I get on the turntables, and I say, give me two good times. And he was like, what, two? I said, just give me two. I put that record on, <laughs> good times. And just started chick 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 good times chick 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 good time and people were like how was he doing that <laughs> spinning the record backward catching the word bringing it back but I've been practicing right right so the amount of love I got from that night mm. of ripping a party live right right it just took me to another level and everybody mm-hmm. started they were like yeah that's that cat he be DJing he be DJing that's DJ Haas right there and that's really how I got started wow <laughs> <laughs> then you making me feel like I missed out <laughs> my dad wouldn't let me touch his turntables if he heard a record going backwards boy that'd be it <laughs> right yeah but um yeah, the interesting thing is is what you talked about is you, you began to get a little notoriety because of um, the skill you had and uh, your love of music, and you guys always had the great music first. And and that was a great part of the community is um, when people heard that a certain DJ was DJing a party, they knew they were going to get, um, you know, a good MC, but they also knew they were going to hear some new stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're going to hear music mm-hmm. in a way that no one else, could hear it because no one else would be able to spin it like you. Right. So, you know, um, it, it's a shame that that's it's still out there, but it's not the mainstream in our culture anymore that people know who the hot DJs are. Yeah. And um, the house party is not the big event that it used to be. Everything is at a, a hotel ballroom now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not about the neighborhood. It's not about um, understanding um, what certain groups like and what's hot right now in a certain area, what certain dance is the big thing, and what is the track that goes with this dance. Right. All of those things are um, sort of are fading out, but now they're starting to come back because I think that everyone is recognizing now the the talent I have, the thing that I know how to do, I'm in control of now with this new era, with this new digital realm, that a person can just do what they do, put it out there, and wait for people to find it. Mm-hmm. So tell us how that has changed your role and, and, you know, what you've been able to do. Well, it's made it, I, of course, a little easier mm-hmm. because back in the day, we'd have to go to the record stores and... Your local record store had a lot of good music. They had the 45s. But like you said, I wanted to be able to break something new every time I played. And that was a part of what made me stand out a little bit from other DJs, too, because Mm -hmm. I was able to have that exposure of having best friends that lived in New York, in the Bronx. So I was able to get on trains and go to certain record stores uptown and go downtown to record stores in Manhattan. If I couldn't find a certain song in Jersey, I'd go to New York and have to look through bins. Mm. And that whole art of mm-hmm. flipping through bins and looking for a break record or looking for one certain hit that you heard at another party and you're like, I'm gonna bring it to this party. So that a lot of that is gone. Now people still shop for records and things like that because actually turntables are kind of coming back. I have a newer version 
of the uh, Technique 1200 up there. It's a Newmark yeah, version yeah. of it. So I keep my turntable because mm -hmm. I still take records, put them on the turntable, and record um, to transfer them to MP3s. Right. So I still keep my turntables and mm -hmm. get samples from old records. So I always keep my turntable set up. But what it is now, for me going to the record stores and looking through the bins, now I can go to iTunes or I go to Amazon or I go, you know, depending on who has the music, I go there and I, you know, purchase my song. Even at the even at the events that I do now, I do a lot of high-profile weddings. I do a lot of high-profile parties, and people come up to me like, you got this new, uh, you know, Drake or whatever, and I'm able to go to my phone and I'll pull it up. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, pause it, and I'm like, okay, I got it. Plug it up to a to an iPod, you know, um, link, and I'm playing the song. Right, The right. problem is now with me, because I'm a little funny with music. I don't like to, as you know from the interview with, oh, I don't necessarily play hardcore songs mm, because mm -hmm. I don't want to offend the people in the room because I'm yeah. doing a lot of high-end events. I do mm -hmm. weddings. Mm -hmm. I do VIP parties. Unless you specifically say to me, I want hardcore, mm -hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be my own gatekeeper right. and not play the hardcore versions because I don't want to offend any, mm -hmm. anyone else in the audience. I want to make sure that my music is radio-friendly and, you know, uh, party-friendly. So everyone's right. having a good time. Right. I'm not, you know... Um, you know, tripping anybody out with any hard language. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what's changed. It's easier. Mm -hmm. Like my DJ setup, when I would go in and bring in two turntables, then I'd have to bring in the crates of records, okay, and I'd pull right, people right. out of the line because I'd get to certain clubs and there'd be a line out front, and I'd pull some guys out of the crowd like, yo, can you give me a hand, you know, with these crates? Mm -hmm. And they'd love it because, yeah, you know, I can get in with the DJ for free. Right, right. And everybody was kind of hoping that the DJ would come by like, yeah, okay, come on, you two, come on. And I'd bring in like six, seven crates of records, milk crates. Wow. Of records, mm -hmm. and each crate can hold like fifty yeah, albums heavy, in it, yeah. and they're heavy. Yeah. So I went from bringing two turntables, amplifiers, speakers, record crates, to now I bring my Serato and my CD turntables because I still, you know, I want the effect of the scratching and the going back and forth real fast. Mm -hmm. So you can program your CD turntable to your own touch. Right, and that's what I do. It's mm -hmm. it's it's set to my touch of how I like to scratch and cut my music. Mm -hmm. So when people hear me DJ now, they have that same feel or very similar feel to when they heard me DJing in the '80s and the '90s mm -hmm. to now. Right, because right. that's when I won my first DJ battle. It was it was in the um, in the mid '80s. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So and I was the youngest DJ going up against all the older DJs that had the big cargo vans. You know, yeah. they were driving big right. custom vans and had all that. No, I was this young kid that just had a love for music mm -hmm. and just jumped into the game. And I jumped in, into it with both feet. I wanted, I got kicked out of the band. I wanted to play drums. Now I'm sitting here, I'm looking <laughs> at my daughter's drum set. And I, that's what transformed me to DJ because mm -hmm. I love beats. Right, but I can never right. do a good role on the drums. Mm -hmm. And when I didn't make the band, I said, I'm going to do something else. Mm. And that's what transformed uh, and transferred me into just DJing. Mm -hmm. And I, I haven't stopped ever since. Now, you know, DJing isn't just all about the music either. Um, the skill set involved is you really have to understand and have a feel for people. Right. I mean, I've heard DJs drop a, a, a track and then... 
they'll pull it right off right away because they realize people are not feeling it. And right. you really have to be in tune to people, what they feel, um, what the party vibe is. You can't drop a record and kill the vibe. Right. You know, you, you got to right. really, it's really... It's a fine line. So it's an interaction. Right. And, and, and social media is an interaction. And all of these things, I think, now... Um, are starting to find their place in this new thing that we've developed called social media. Right. Because we are the creators of mainstream media is trying to take it over. They're trying to walk in and, and sort of um, plant themselves in the middle and say, yeah, we're doing this too, and we, we've been doing it for a while, so we know how to do it. But no, it's not the same thing. What they do is sort of a, um, a reasonable facsimile of what we really, really enjoy just based on our interactions with our friends and other people that we follow for various reasons. True. And um, it's interesting because I, I want to get to this point. The the local DJ, his uh, um, next step up for a lot of them would have been for radio, mm -hmm. you know, and to find a broader audience that way right. and actually be in there uh, on the boards and still spinning. And uh, nobody does that anymore. No one has to be the one-man show when you're on uh, radio. Right. And um, with syndication, not only have we gotten rid of... Um, the local DJ, we've gotten rid of a, a fixture in the community, mm -hmm. someone who was actually out there reaching out and, and, again, had developed that insight into what people need or what they like and what they were thinking and were able to um, provide something to fill that void as they saw it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I... I Syndicated radio is great because it's entertaining, but I'm looking at all these guys that don't have a place on morning shows and for evening drive because of that. Right. And um, how 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 do you see um, us recapturing um, the airways or being able to um, take that person and, and put them back in their place? That's an interesting question because, you know, there is a void there now with everything being computerized and it's going to, you know, this whole trend of making it easier, making it easier. Um, I think what a lot of my friends are doing right now is they have, like, satellite radio shows. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're doing that. They're doing uh, streaming mm -hmm. um, from some events. And they're doing, they're still doing their mixtapes right. um, via using, like, Facebook. Um and advertising their mixes mm -hmm. online so yeah. you can still um, get them. So I, th I think that's where it's really transitioning to. I've noticed that there are less and less clubs opening now. Mm. The form, especially here in D.C., the form is more so loungy. Yeah. So they're opening yeah. up more lounges and coffee houses than they are clubs. Mm -hmm. where it's interesting to me because, like I said earlier, I started from house parties. Mm -hmm. That was the big thing. It went from house parties to halls, yeah. like the Elks Lodge. We would rent out yeah, yeah. Elks Lodge. Right. And then it went to the YMCA's, the larger gyms, to big nightclubs. Mm -hmm. And I went, I played in each of those venues to even roller skating rinks. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and I was a DJ for a big uh, rink in Jersey called Twin City, and it was downtown. It was huge, mm -hmm. massive roller mm -hmm. rink, mm -hmm. and you really know how you you had to know how to skate <laughs> to be in one of those rinks like that. Yeah. So I've been in all these different venues, been in a lot of different homes, beautiful homes, you know. Um, 
I'll get calls from like people like Cool in the Gang. They're having a party and like, hey, all right, sure, I'm going to come. Yeah, <laughs> and then you look up and you're with all these VIPs. Um, Alan Iverson, um, he came to one of the nightclubs I was DJing in down here in D.C. and he saw me and he saw the you know the room was packed, everybody was having a good time, and I slipped him a mixtape. Oh. His security was like, hey, hey, hey. I said, one of his agents said, he's cool, he's cool. Took my mixtape. The next week they called me and they wanted me to host their celebrity event. Mm -hmm. So a few weeks later, I'm on the softball field with Allen Iverson, LeBron James, Tracy McGrady, all these basketball players. So that was my transition, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. And and honestly, I still do a lot, a ton of events. But now, since I'm also doing the video work. I'm, I'm kind of morphing into more so of a video producer now mm -hmm. as well as a DJ mm -hmm. and you know because that's my background right. you know I'm from I'm a Howard U kid school of C I'm an NYU kid school of film and I'm a street DJ mm -hmm. so I just combined all of that and formed like shows like you're seeing right now the book look right, right. that's that combination of a little bit of all of me Mm. producing video mm -hmm. and also laying beds underneath each segment right. to kind of fill each segment with exactly. music mm -hmm. and also giving that, that certain energy I think that music um, has on all mm -hmm. of us when we're watching certain things. It's like you kind of need it. Like mm -hmm. in films now each scene that changes they also change the music under it exactly. to give you a certain feel of what's happening. Mm -hmm. So that's where I am. That's to answer your question that's where my transition has gone to. I've transitioned from just being a DJ playing hot beats and hot music to now entering the film, video, still photos, and putting it all together in my work, as you see mm -hmm. with the book look. Nice, nice. And, you know, i got something that I want to lay on you, and I'm not going to do it now on this show, but I've got, I've got an idea to bring back that concept of the... You know the on-air DJ, um, a way for DJs to um, sort of um, take advantage of their own following, being able to take the people who are listening to them at the clubs or at the parties that they DJ, but giving them something on a, a more daily basis. Mm. And um, the concept, uh, I've been working it over, and all I need is good talented DJs because the it's not everybody that can be a DJ. It's, right. it, because you have to learn to multitask, and you have a lot of talents, <laughs> you know. I mean, and it's not just the multitasking. Oh, that is so you got to keep so your true. ears open yeah. and your eyes on the crowd, right. and you got to know things ahead of time. Right. You have to really produce that whole party in your mind before you get there. Right. And you have to know what your options are as well. So with all of that, you know, I, I've always been into the intellect of uh, uh, of the DJ, and I have friends who are DJs, and they would tell me about, you know, the parties that they set up and I'd ask them questions, well, how did you know to do this and how do you know, you know, this equipment's big enough for the room and you guys know all of these things now just by osmosis. You just get in there <laughs> and you'd be like, yeah, okay, yeah, I saw that the other day. You were in there for less than 10 minutes, but you knew how to set that room up right. and, you know, bring the sound. So um, I just think it's, a, it's an art form. Mm -hmm. And it's a lost art form that we, we really need to um, revisit and appreciate because it seems to me now that social media really ha is standing on the platform of things that are real. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Standing on a platform of real conversations, um, real interactions with people, but they're they're only taking a little bit of that, the little bit of the things that you enjoy. And um, I, I'm trying to think of ways to to be more authentic in these interactions. And I think people are really going to buy into it. So yeah, yeah. that sounds good to me because you're right. I, you know, DJing is something special for me. And what I take pride in mm-hmm. is I pay attention to the crowd. Yes. And I think people get it because I try to make sure when I DJ an event, it's not just a good party. Mm-hmm. It's something memorable. Yeah. So what I do is when I'm playing you right, you are multitasking to the fullest. You're looking for the next song. Each song is only three minutes and 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. The average song is that long. Mm. So literally, you have that amount of time to find another song that you want to play. Mm-hmm. A pretty girl may come up to you and say, hi, can you play my song? And Hey, don't I know you from somewhere? And just start talking to you and you're right. like, I have a record playing right now. Mm-hmm. I need you to hold on one second. So you've got that person on hold. You're looking for another record. You're lining it up and you're actually matching the beat in your headphone while the record is playing. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of things going on Mm -hmm. with the live DJ that most people don't even realize. And people are coming up, bumping the table, back when I had (laughs) turntables, and you had that needle on the record and the record spinning around and somebody comes up and bumps the table, you're like, hey, hold on, that's playing, be careful. You know, now with the CD turntables, it has anti-shock. Mm-hmm. So I could take this because I've done cruises. I've been on boats. Mm-hmm. And you had that record on the turntable on rough water. That's not yeah. always a good mix. But with the CD turntables, they're anti-shock. They're solid. You don't have to worry about that record skipping. But back to your point in that you're right. It is an art form. Mm-hmm. It is. And I don't want it to be a lost art form. Right. It's, you know, it takes a, a certain sensibility to do it and to have the whole party in your head. I typically, I'm the first one there at the event, mm-hmm. and I'm the last one to leave. Right, right. And I rarely play a song twice. Mm. So all the music is coming from my head. I don't have a playlist. The playlist I typically use is if I'm doing your party, I want to know what your favorite songs are. Right. You give me your ten favorite songs, I'm going to create a four-hour party around what you told me <laughs> out of those ten songs. Wow. I know where you're coming from. Right, right. And typically, I get rave reviews from most of the events I do, and it's mainly from word of mouth. Because mm-hmm. when people mm-hmm. have a good time, they tend to share that real quick. Oh, man, oh, that yeah. DJ yeah. Hots was rocking the other night, man. Mm-hmm. He did my birthday party. He did my wedding. And everybody left their shirts were soaked. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. I want your back yeah. to be wet. Yeah. I want you to take that tie off. Mm-hmm. I work with a lot of doctors and lawyers and teachers. Mm-hmm. And when I see them out on the dance floor, I know I touch the nerve. Because mm-hmm. they, they, mm-hmm. they forgot their occupation right now. For these few hours... They're just in the mode. They're in the mood, and nothing else really matters. And that's the beauty of this whole music thing and the mm-hmm. DJing thing mm-hmm. is that, you know, you you are a servant for the time, but you're giving people your energy, some mm-hmm. positive vibes mm-hmm. and some good music. And I've gone into clubs with a headache and left and totally forgot about the headache. It's not just a party, y'all. It's music therapy. <laughs> I had to throw that in there. You were taking me there, man. <laughs> That's what it is. You know, yeah. you just, 
as DJs, we want people to have a good time. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. to be a good DJ, you have to pay attention to your crowd. Right. And when I walk into a room mm -hmm. and I see a DJ just playing record after record, and I have no idea what he's playing, and the crowd has no idea what he's playing, right. and I'm just looking at him like, dude, what mm -hmm. are you doing? Mm -hmm. No one's dancing. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, maybe change your approach. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of like, I've always kind of been like that Clark Kent kind of guy. Right, right. I'll, I'll come into a place and I'm dressed like this, all casual and everything, and when I see a DJ struggling, I go up to him and I say, you know, hey, you know, I also DJ. I'm DJ Haas, and if you want, I could do a little set for you. You know, uh, and they're like, oh, well, uh, all right, if you want to put something on. And then that first record, they hear that, that scratch come in, whistle, 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 whistle. They're like, oh, this guy knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, out of, you know, the floor starts filling little by little. Yeah, and next yeah. thing you know, that floor is packed. And he's like, oh, man, keep mm -hmm. going, keep going. <laughs> and that's what I've done. I like to be that mm -hmm. Superman kind of cat. Go in there nice and calm, <laughs> take off my shirt. I got the S under my chest <laughs> on the chest. And I'm here to rock your party. Right. And, I, you know, that's what I've done. And, mm -hmm. you know, I like to go in low profile mm -hmm. and just bring the party up and then I'm out. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And you know, and people when they when they go to a party, it's so important. You are the party. You you are whether or not that party was a great party. People work hard during the week. People are under a lot of different type of stresses. And uh, if you provide something that helps people to unwind, it's um, it's it's valuable. It I wrote really that is. down a few years back. It's really? funny you say those same words. Mm. I was on Martha's Vineyard. Mm-hmm. And um, I did the largest nightclub on the island mm -hmm. called Atlantic Connection. And I just remember one night I wasn't having a great night, and I just had a lot on my head. Mm. So I went outside, got some fresh air, thought about it for a minute, and came back in with a different attitude. And I just remember because there was another DJ there, and he was playing, and I said, you know what, I think I'm ready now. And I got back on the turntables, and I just remember that New York, New Jersey, Washington, D.C. crowd, all of a sudden, it, was just, it, it might have been that time of the night, too, but every record I played, the crowd just got thicker and thicker on the dance floor. And then I looked out, and you couldn't even see the floor anymore. You just saw heads and hands in the air, and the lights were going. And I, I did the old school, somebody say, oh, oh. <laughs> and it just, it, I just remember after that party, mm -hmm. I just remember pulling on the side of the beach and looking out, and it was nighttime now, so it was a full moon out, and I wrote, back then it was like a Palm Pilot, <laughs> so I wrote in my Palm Pilot, I said, you are the party, have fun. Oh, wow. wow. And I take that with me to every event I mm. do to this day. You are the party, have fun. Don't go in there with too much on your mind. Mm -hmm. Remember, it's not about you. It's mm. about the people. It's their night. Mm. You're just a vehicle that's going to get them to a good time. Right. But you always have to keep in mind, these folks are hiring you to do X job. So make sure you do your job. Get those 10 songs that they want to hear and then add to that flavor and make their night a special night. Wow. And that's always been my goal. Wow. And that's more the MC aspect of it as well, too. Um, being dedicated to... Uh, the 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 party itself and you know making sure that people have a good time and that it's a memorable experience and um, 
you know, make sure the folks have fun. That that's just an awesome job. That's an awesome job. <laughs> it's a job that I feel very blessed to do mm-hmm. because the gratification is instant. Mm. Yeah. When people that's are having true. a good time mm-hmm. and that music is pumping, mm-hmm. they coming up, they're coming up and they're giving you high fives. Right, right. And all the honeys are giving you hugs and kisses and it's like, Oh, I'm just playing music. What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> you know. But it is, you know, it is a, it's a marvelous job. Yeah. Sometimes I'm thinking, you know, I think to myself, wow, I'm getting a check <laughs> for, for for having fun. Yeah. But it's an important part of having fun. It's mm-hmm. making sure everyone else is having fun, yeah. not just you. Mm-hmm. I know, you know, like I see some DJs up there sitting and drinking all night and just playing whatever. Right. No, it's about the room. Mm-hmm. having a good time and just good energy. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really focus on is just giving good energy, looking at that crowd, and keeping the crowd on the dance floor. Awesome, man. Well, look, Harvey, we're going to close it up with that, man. That that was just great. And um, I appreciate you letting me come into your home and us having this chat. I'm sure we're going to have a few more next time we'll do it on video. And, uh, <laughs> and um you know, um, just keep doing what you're doing. And, again, uh, I'll be in contact with you real soon. we we got a lot of talking to do about a number of things. But, yeah, when the, I'm ready to launch this concept, um, I definitely want you to test the waters for me and make sure I'm on the right track with doing everything that needs to be done oh, yeah. to, to give you all the tools that you need to be able to um, reach out to the folks that you've already built your um, client base around. No, Michael, you know what? I appreciate you because, you know, I think we do need to talk about topics like this. And I, I feel it's it's a topic of my heart. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. I love this music thing. I want to inspire as many people as possible to. If you want to learn how to DJ, you know, do it. Um, one of my wife's uh, um, guy children said he wanted to be a DJ, and can I pick out some stuff for him? So we surprised him this past Christmas and sent him a DJ setup. Mm. You know, and mm-hmm. uh, made his day. Mm. And and a lot of my Facebook friends sending pictures of their kids, their sons, their daughters with their first set of turntables and a hat turned to the side and the rope chain on because they want to embody. <laughs> they want to embody that hip hop. Yeah. yeah, they want to channel that inner DJ out, and it just. I, it just it just makes my heart feel so good that you know our this next generation that's coming up they see it they've heard stories about it and now they want to embrace it so it's a blessing and you keep on doing your good work I am here for you any insight or help that you want just give me a phone call I'm nothing but a phone call away awesome awesome I appreciate that and uh, I will ring your phone <laughs> <laughs> all right with that we're gonna close the show out and. Um, Hold on, you know who it is. But you gotta tell us your name. Give him turn up, Joe. And my sidekick, her name, had a name date. All right, that's right. Now, uh, like the first time I'm part of the day, and the Sagittarius will allow us to come on in and do the show once again. Thank you very much. Now, okay, let's get right on down to it, Jose. Let's do it. Get out of here, wow. Right. People say there ain't no such thing as a dumb question. Nope. Yes, it is. Right. Because dumb people ask dumb questions. I see. It ain't like they become smart for a couple seconds just to ask you a question. Okay. They still stupid. Boy, stupid dog. Get out of here, wow. Right. People 
same. Why they say? Same difference. Milk, cream, same difference. If you're different, don't that mean that you ain't the same? For crazy. It's not the same thing. Get out of my face. You ever wonder why they call it a pair of pants, but you only got one thing on? What? I bet you ten million dollars. Okay. You ain't gonna find nobody with a pair of jacket on. No. You ever wonder why people say that they think to themselves, but you don't have a choice. Is there any other way to think? No. Can you think to somebody else? Hey, man. What'd you think I think you think? Every little while, people say you can't have your cake and eat it too. You gotta eat your cake. Ain't that like saying you can have a car, but you can't drive it? What the hell? What do you think I got this thing for? Shut up. Come down, man. What the heck? Every little while. Wait. People say, what is this? let me be frank with you. No, no. Why you always get to be frank? Right. How come I never get to be frank? That's not fair. Who is frank? What is frank? And why come we can't never be Jason? Jason. I like Jason. You don't want to be Jason? Shut up. Piss me off. It's okay. You want Why? People say that they feel me rich. Shook out of money. Well, obviously you ain't been investing your money. No. In no water and no soup, okay? And depositing that wash cloth up in your mm-hmm. I'm just saying. If you wash yourself, you ain't gotta worry about being filthy no more. That's all I'm saying. Okay? You ain't gonna wash. When people don't like something, they say that they can care less. For sure, for sure. I can care less. But that don't mean that you already care. That's right. Because you can't give less than nothing. So show your face. You ever wonder why people say that practice makes perfect? No, no, I don't. No, because if it did, we wouldn't have to compete. Nobody plays for that. Last but not least, before we get up out of here, last one. You ever wonder why? Why? People introduce people by saying. This person needs no introduction. He needs no introduction. Ain't that like rambling about how speechless you are? You've got a lot of nothing to say. Well, that's all I got today, folks. No mind. Come on back next week. We'll pick back up where we left off. That's right. It's your boy. Shout out your name. Shout out Joe. I'm a sidekick. I'll say out of name, mate. We out of here. <laughs> Man, that was crazy. Wow. <laughs> Todd Al Jones, back in action. <laughs> yeah, we're four tons of crazy now. He's <laughs> back with a vengeance. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And, and, you know, that was a great show as well with um, DJ Harv and um, Odeo. Um, I had forgotten I did that this summer, and I'd forgotten just how intense and how, you know, informative that conversation was. It's really good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we're looking forward to having a lot of new artists on this year, and um, we may give you a, a, a hint of the lineup coming up um 
you know, for the next show. We'll see how that all pans out. And uh, the Leo has got some more music, too, and uh, we can't wait to um, air that with your, your new equipment and everything, and the sound is amazing. So, yeah, we're really looking forward to that. But uh, we are at the end of our show, and um, we'll just have to see you all again next week. Special thanks to our producer, Donna Hardiman, and also our new associate producer, Dante Holton. I'm Michael Fordham, and you've been listening to uh, Turn It Up on blogtalkradio.com. But before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. Watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words. They become actions. And watch your actions. They become habits. And watch your habits. They become your character. And watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of you.